Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. And I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue. And I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. He's been stabbed by a moral blade. This is beyond my skill to heal. He needs Elvish medicine. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you for tuning into The Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and it is Friday, December 11th, 2020. And wow, we're two weeks away from our special 100th episode, special edition, happy holiday edition of the Metal Forge. And But this week we've got Morgul Blade from Pennsylvania on super fucking awesome band. If you haven't heard them, you're about to. Killer shit. And I hope you like it, because I sure as shit do. Next week, we've got Prom on the show, along with A Locust Tide. Another One band is from Calgary, Alberta. The other band's from the Louisville, Kentucky area, where I did some guest vocals on the spot. So, we're going to get into that next week. Then, hopefully for the 100th episode, we're going to have this uh, big, awesome, special guest on there. Hopefully. Hopefully, we it, everything works out. Uh, never say never or some shit like that, I guess. But anyways... Uh, so how y'all doing? You doing okay? You, you're making it through, you know, various states of lockdown and shit like that, I hope. You know, because it's, it's hard out there. But anyways, enough of that depressing bullshit. You know, I do want to thank uh, the Patreon subscribers this week. I know I haven't done this for a while. Mallory, Evan, Sean, Ryan, thank you all so fucking much for contributing what you do on the Patreon page. But it seriously does help. Uh, you know, it helps get new cables, helps get everything. And I appreciate every last one of you who do that. So, if you do want to donate to the Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. We've got a couple of tiers on there. You'll hear the commercial again in the uh, in the show somewhere. On top of that, if you look in the description below where I post links to everything, there is also a contribution link. 
through Anchor. You can, uh, you don't have to do it, but it'd be nice if you did. You can click directly on there, and it's a monthly kind of deal where it's, I think it's uh, 99 cents a month, uh, 4.99 and 9.99, something like that. I haven't really researched it. But uh, there is a contribution link there, as well as links to all of our sponsors. Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Tattoo Charlie's, Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards, and the Wrestling Steve Show. Those people make this show possible, along with you listening. Without you all listening, I wouldn't have a show. And thank you all so much, and thank the sponsors. Go out, get your gift certificates for your for your people at Tattoo Charlie's. Get them at Maxwell's House of Music. Get them at Mom's Music. Get them at Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards. And listen to the catalog of the Metal Forge and the back catalog and new episodes of the Wrestling Steve Show while you're doing it. But anyways, I'm going to get into some Morgul Blade here. If you like some Lord of the Rings stylized fantastical lyrics and really heavy music, you're going to love this band because they're fucking awesome. So from the Harbingers of Power and the World's End, this is the first track, Fog of War, Sons of the Night.
Metalheads, I have a treat for you today because I have Rich from Morgul Blade. This seems to be a trend all of a sudden. I've had a lot of bands from the Pennsylvania state lately. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm good. Uh, sitting outside of the studio with a beer in my hands, doing some cleanup shit today. Hey, you're, uh, you're working. You're not supposed to be drinking while at work. Oh, wait, it's, it's, fucking, <laughs> it's music, man. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah, my, uh, my beer intake has uh, increased uh, tenfold. Uh, since the beginning of this recording process, I'll have to do a nice detox after the fact, you know? Nah, come on. No. I know. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. You know, that is always an interesting thing to me about the recording process because, you know, I, I, I say this till I'm blue in the face here. I'm a musician as well, and I always love going in to record a new thing, and I hate it at the same time. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I, I've been sitting on these songs. Well, at least half of these songs for a long time and, uh, played them over my head over, over and over again. And, you know, listen to demos that we've cut in bedrooms and shit and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, now we're actually like going in and like really fucking dissecting them, you know, going measure by measure almost. Um, and just going in and getting everything and making a big sounding and making it clear and, nice and nice crisp and it's it's funny because like i think i was going to be excited to listen to these when they're done i don't know if i ever want to hear these songs ever again to be honest <laughs> that's but uh you know definitely and it, it i'm makes sure that'll point. subside you know that'll subside but but uh you know it's it's uh as of right now i'm just like oh my god uh but you know i think everybody's gonna like it you know it's just uh i'm self-critical I understand that. It's one of those things where it's like with no shows, you don't have the outlet to do these. You're no, you're, you're doing all the practice. Yeah, yep, yep. And then yeah, no, uh, it, that's uh, that's that's really accurate. Actually, it's a really good way of putting it. Um, we actually have not played a show as a band yet uh, because initially, um, when this started, uh, I was playing drums and guitar for it. It was just going to be a project, you know, uh, release a couple couple things and you know we did that we did the ep that everybody knows and released it and all of a sudden we were like oh shit people actually like this like what the fuck holy crap we didn't know we had you know we had no idea it was gonna you know be heard in fucking germany or fucking you know we thought we sold a tape to china you know we never we never thought that shit was gonna happen so all of a sudden we're like oh fuck maybe we should you know maybe we should try to do something here and uh, finally, I, I recruited a drummer so I could just concentrate on songwriting and lyrics and you know everything, whatever you know, as you were. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, we have a drummer, and I was like, okay. And that was February, so you know when the world you know got fucked, uh, went to shit, and fucking big March, we had only been practicing at that point for like well, you know, with a full band for for about a month and a half, not not even. Um, so uh, you know, uh, we couldn't. We couldn't really even get to the point where we felt comfortable. But that being said, you know, uh, we took this time and just fucking honed and chiseled and just got these songs down to a science. And, and you know, so it was kind of a blessing in a way, blessing in disguise. Um, so that kind of uh, gives me the impression that you're all from the same area. Yeah, no, uh, we um, we're all from high school. Uh, we went we we've. I've been friends with Jeff, the other guitarist slash songwriter, um, since we were shit, 15, 16 years old. And, uh, Dan, I've known for a long time. He's a couple years older than us. And, uh, Rob's a couple years younger than us, the new drummer. Um, but we all went to Marple Newtown High School. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's just funny how you come back to things like that, you know? 
it's interesting. Definitely. And I think there's, you know, and I mentioned this in a lot of episodes because it seems to be a prevalent thing these days with Bandcamp and Facebook and all the social media out there. It's It seems extremely easy to be in bands that don't really get together to practice. Yeah, remotely. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a remote situation where your friends are in Phoenix and L.A. and... Pittsburgh. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all- uh, yeah, definitely. Well, I have I have a couple uh, friends in bands like that um, that are kind of strewn about all over the place. Uh, I have some good friends in a band called Devil Master. Uh, they're also a local Philly band. Um, they're they're blowing up pretty big right now. They're like a black metal punk. Uh, fucking, they're 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 really onto their own kind of thing. But they're on relapse and they're blowing up right now. And uh, the my friend France uh, Francis in the band, he lives in Ireland half the year, and uh, he'll just like record demos and send them back over to you know send them back over to the stateside for for the dudes to practice with and everything. It's pretty pretty cool dynamic. And they've obviously gotten pretty far doing it. So it, obviously it's there's some method to their madness, you know. Right. And that's an, that's really cool to me how that actually just pans out and works for some people. I yep, get, yep. I guess it's kind of like the working from, with being the pandemic, the working from home aspect for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I think it is. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm a chef by trade in Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvania is like still pretty restricted down. So I got laid off right at the beginning of this oh, whole shit. thing. Ah, you know, fuck it, man. Whatever. I'm going to take the time off. You know what I mean? Fuck it. Who cares? I fucking, you know, I like, I did my thing for a little bit and like, it really allowed me to be able to focus on this project too. And like, you know, going back, um, just cause it's so much free time, you know, I also like bought a synth. I'm working on like a little dungeon synth project that I'm doing by myself. Um, that'll probably see release in the summertime or, you know, a little ways away, but, um, just trying to keep busy with this shit. Cause you know what, man, like watching TV sucks. You know, it's depressing as shit. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing fucking good about it. You know, the only time I ever actually watch TV is like if I watch sports. Like I'm a big football fan. I watch the Eagles every Sunday, even though they fucking suck this year. I watch them every Sunday. So like, you know, it's pretty much the only time I ever spend on the TV. And I, I it's a, it's almost a conscious decision because I, I really try to just focus on you know reading books and and playing guitar and working on the keyboard shit and all that kind of stuff because it's a little more healthy of an output you know you don't dwell on stuff as much you know it's it's just a positive thing in your life positive force in your life i guess right on and and so. just a just a big shout out here really fast i love the dungeon synth stuff there's a few yeah, band, me too. there's a few bands that i've had on the show that that do it and i'm just like oh it's so fucking cool <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun, isn't it, man? It's 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 totally nerdy and like you know niche, but like I I love it. I can't get enough of it. And like I I, I bought a nice Roland D50, like the old um the old eighties, right, um, right, yeah, yeah. And I bought one of those, and I'm I'm currently working on a little thing, which you know it's it's going to be under a different name, most likely. I haven't thought up of that name or anything yet. It's kind of in the in the background right now. As far as like uh, this album's going and stuff, so I just once this is all done and the dust settle, you know, oh definitely, looks like we're a little ways out from shows still, so I can probably take a break and just start working on this dungeon synth thing, which I think will be pretty cool. So awesome logo, I I love the the straight out of the uh, I don't want to say you know the eighties with this oh no but i mean it kind of i mean that was that was totally the idea behind it i actually um, i also love the logo i'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i love to talk about it <laughs> so this gives me an excuse um so uh the dude who did our ep uh artwork and the and the logo is his name's calvin cushman he lives in uh, portland oregon and uh i got hooked up with him some through some mutual friends and i kind of like i kind of like 
especially and like you'll as you'll see with like the the new album artwork i kind of like to give these artists free reign i don't really like to pin them in so calvin came to me and he was asking me like you know what are you looking for you know like what, what kind of vibe and i honestly was like dude i'm gonna and this is before the ep had come out so i i sent him i sent him two scratch demos like bedroom demos of the two ep songs and I was like, just make something with this. And then he sent that back to me like a day later, super fast. And I was like, holy shit. Yes, that's the one. That's the fucking one right there. And uh, same with the EP thing, too, like uh, or the the actual artwork on the EP. It, it I, I, he, he just he killed it. I didn't give him any rubric. And I was just like, you know, give me something high fantasy, but still pretty grim looking. And basically the same thing with the fucking with the logo, and he smashed it. So I'm um, I'm very very happy with those. Definitely, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the color green. Yeah, just the the vividness and like the range of of green that is on that cover is so it's like it's awesome. very cool, right? It's verdant, I believe would be the word for it. Like <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's very vibrant. It's very cool. It's actually um I'm, it's cool that you picked up on that because. Um, that's something that I've, I've kind of tried to build upon with other artwork. We have a t-shirt design that's like, like 1982 heavy metal under a blacklight style, um, with like super bright colors against a uh, darker backdrop. And, uh, the new album cover is also super, 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 super bright colors, purples and oranges and just, cause I, I really like that. And I think it's kind of a underappreciated thing in the heavy metal community. I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to I'm trying to paint a, a picture like when you're when you turn the album on you listen to it you know think you know you're in a uh, a basement a wood paneled basement in 1982 with uh, some bad acid and uh, <laughs> you know some bad acid and uh, you know uh, some black light going on for sure you're not having you know, you know it's 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 an intense feeling you know and I think because our our music is is fairly simple in that we don't they're almost like punk um, layout of songs or like. I take a lot of influence from like early Bathory, like Hammerheart era Bathory, so I guess mid era Bathory, but where they're like very rudimentary song structures and stuff. And I, and I think less is more in that approach a lot of the time. And that I think I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the word, but yeah, basically less is more. And, and I just think that, that these album covers, you know, they're, they're good. They're bright. And I'm trying to take you to a place when you put the album on. You know what I mean? So right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not as, I'm not as interested in technical prowess. Because I myself am not the best guitar player, and like uh, Jeff, who plays the other guitarist, he's, he's much better than me. But you know, we we try to keep them bare bones to a certain extent, at least as far as structure-wise, because I want you to be able to concentrate on the journey itself rather than oh, look at that little like little hammer on he did there. Like uh, it's more to me about like the grand scheme. Yeah, an immersive experience, exactly. So the art and the T-shirts, it all kind of goes into one dimension with that. If that makes sense. Definitely. Absolutely makes sense. Shit, we're having such a good conversation. It kind of sucks to take a break right now, but we got to do it. Be right back. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. 
got drum. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. With the pandemic and everything, you've you've got to spend a lot of time doing this. Yes, how, that is very true. How does the muse strike you when it comes to writing music? So. For me, it's extreme. Well, not extremely, but it's sporadic. Where I'll go into hyperdrive for you know for a couple of days, then I'll you know I'll hibernate for a little while. And when these things get written, like basically all these songs were written at different times, but they were all written more or less in one you know afternoon day or whatever. So like I would go you know uh, in in April I'd write uh, one of these, and then you know four or five weeks later, okay, boom, here's another one, and then boom, here's another one, and here's the same thing with that, like. I would just sit down and, you know, as much as I love fantasy lyrics, they're not like introspective in any way. So it's not exactly like the hardest thing to write. I, you can talk about swords in any, any manner, you know, fucking dark wizards in any manner. It's going to sound cool. There's, there's no way to not make swords and dark wizards not be cool. This is so, true. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's a universal truth. So for me, where the lyrics come from is, uh, I'm, I've been working on my own little standalone novel for the past like five years now. And it's just kind of something that I pick up every once in a while. You know, uh, well, well, I have absolutely nothing else to do. And it's just fun to write. I don't know. It, it might never see the light of day. But it's just something to world build into and just get some creative drive out of too. And it's cool. And some of the songs, some of the song lyrics on the new album are taken from that world. And then obviously some Tolkien stuff. Uh, you're not getting too far without that. <laughs> but uh, so, so some, some, you know, some my stuff some some token influence stuff jeff, uh, jeff actually helped write a lot of the stuff on that this album which was really cool because he's a more proficient player than me so we could add in a little bit of uh you know uh accoutrements if you will to make it a little bit cooler and uh like he is a token freak too he's a fantasy freak just like i am so we definitely have that same drive uh, as far as like the aesthetic of the of the lyrics goes, which is cool definitely it always helps to have another person there to do it Hundred percent, hundred Because if you're the primary songwriter, the well runs dry occasionally. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, and you need that, yeah. and then burnout ensues. Yep, and then frustration, and you know whatever else. So yeah, and, you know I think with with him, like what we didn't really collaborate on stuff as much as like there's a couple tracks on the new album that are just him. You know what I mean? So like I would go because we were demoing everything in his his room at his house uh, where he's got like a little mini like crap studio. And it's it's cool. It gets the job done. And uh, if you listen to the Bandcamp demos, not the not the um, not the EP songs, but the two demos off the new album, they're recorded in Jason's bedroom. And it's me, him and we just track it out. And we play all the instruments on it, and then uh, we'll bring we'll bring everybody in to do you know vocals and stuff afterwards. So it's it's you know it's it's cool, and you know I would show up there and he'd be like, okay, I have this riff, and I was like, okay, cool, this is great. And then the next time I would go over there and he'd be like, okay, I'm done this song, and I'm like, oh, this is fantastic, this sounds evil and sick and fucking heavy metal, and I'm all about it. So there we go. Definitely. Is there any specific time you're going to release the new album or anything? So we're just doing like like I said, I'm I'm down here today in the basement right now, just doing some cleanup stuff. And uh we gotta get it mixed and mastered, which is 
I would assume in the next like week or two, the same guy who's recording it is Mix and Master, so it doesn't have to go anywhere else, which is cool. Right on. Um, and then then that's he's going to give it back to us, and that's it. So we'll probably, I mean, it's looking like because I just want this to get out at this point. I really, I, I I can't wait for everybody to hear it. So I think it'll probably see digital release before we do any sort of physical thing, just because we're still working out deal with a company still um, that hasn't been like hammered out yet. So okay. I, I, it'll probably just see it'll probably just see Bandcamp at first, and then I don't know if you're familiar with the New Wave Traditional Heavy Metal page on YouTube, but very much. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great, great page. Uh, shout out to Anderson; he's he's the man. But, uh, you know, it'll probably go on there and maybe a couple other places. Um, and then I'd like I'd like to think by, like, you know, February, March, you'll start getting the, the vinyl and the tapes and the CDs and all that kind of jazz. Definitely. Which was going to be my next question is if it, you were going for a digital release or a physical release and if anybody was going to pick it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, since we haven't agreed upon anything yet i'll leave the record company out but we were like we've been in talks with the company it's a u.s company it's pretty cool um seems like it's going to work out we just gotta you know it's a one-man company so i think i'm sure the dude's very busy so you know i think i think we just gotta you know do a virtual handshake on that basically but yeah i mean it's definitely gonna see our band camp and stuff first and then uh i mean the the you know the intention is to absolutely 100 percent get some sort of physical thing out and it seems like it's gonna be you know it's, it'll be a all formats final you know tape uh cd etc nice so. nice that's betamax yes Yes, yes, yes. That be, uh, it's going to be out on Laserdisc. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. Next July. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so it. interesting how certain things have come back, like cassette tapes. Uh, a friend of mine's band actually did a limited press of a eight track of their latest album. That's that's fucking actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it, really cool. It was really cool, and they. And there, there was. Where do you a, even get those made at this point, man? They're like, you have to, you have to get a fucking time machine. You know what? <laughs> you know? I am not sure, but I know it was uh, Shadow Kingdom Records who put it out. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah, they're great. Oh, great very stuff. much, very much so. Uh, so it's like one of those things. It's like the price was a little high, and I was like, nah, I think I'm gonna pass on it just because of sure. that. Yeah, but because yeah, it, it's it was just something for posterity's sake, almost. You know? Yeah, because I have nothing to play it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, who? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I got gotcha. you. Well, I mean, you say who does, but yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. No, a, you're right. A, a so, lot of we're out there. You know? Well, no, I, not even that. But I guarantee a lot of the people that have either a been on the show or uh, b listen to the show still have a console record tape deck with an eight track in there. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually. You're, <laughs> because you're all that stuff right. comes back around. Keeping that shit true, man. Stick oh, to your guns. Definitely. Definitely. All right, we're going to change the format here just a little bit. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the general questions because I think we're going to be asking a little bit more of these because we're getting some more listener-submitted questions. So hang out, grab a beer, grab a Coke, grab a smoke, do what you need to do. We're going to be coming right back with Rich from Morgul Blade here on the Metal Forge. Hey, guys. Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, 
like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. So let's find out some more about about you, about Rich. Sure. Because we're all people, and the pandemic has drilled that into our brains that we're all people and we're all in this together, right? Yeah, yeah. So I like to rapid fire some questions here. Hit me. What are you currently reading? Oh, all right. Uh, uh, I go through <laughs> that's a that's a loaded question, my friend. I go through novels fucking way too fast, uh, faster than I'm I'm comfortable to admit, to be honest. So, I right now I'm reading the Stormlight Archives, Brandon Sanderson. It's uh, it's like it's high fantasy set in like a weird desert world with like horrible storms and the whole ecosystem shaped around how awful these storms are, and uh, the world building into it is just fucking outrageous. The dude's a psycho genius. He, uh, Brandon Sanderson, if if anybody's familiar is the uh is the guy who finished robert jordan's wheel of time which is like a famous you know from the 90s epic saga of like 14 books that are all a thousand pages long and unfortunately robert jordan himself uh actually i think uh amazon's making a show about it or one of those places are unfortunately um robert jordan didn't live to see the end of his own books so the guy that i'm reading now actually finished that um, and he did a fantastic job, which turned me on to it. Um, and I also just finished reading the uh, first two King Killer Chronicles novels, which I've been recommended to by a bajillion different people. But uh, apparently, and I didn't know this until uh, after the fact, but apparently the the second one came out like 11 years ago. And the author said that, you know, the next one would be ready within a year and he just never put it out. So I think I'm not getting the end of that story, which is pretty unfortunate. <laughs> you know, there is a and I'm not I can't remember who the guy is but there is a manga creator that did something extremely similar to that he published like seven or eight volumes of this book and said the one would be out like the continuation would be out within a year and it's been like 25 years now (laughs) yeah 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 exactly and all the all these readers are just like dude what the Fuck, man. Right. Like, and and the guy and he's still alive. He just Yeah, you're and gonna start seeing all these all these fanfics coming out of, of people taking it on their own to fucking finish the story the way they want it to be, you know? Definitely. You hit on something a minute ago about this, and I wanna talk about it for just a second. Sure. The author did not live to see the end of his series. Yes, yeah. Which yep. has to be completely mind blowing for people who get into the fandom. For example, Tolkien didn't really either. No, he did. I mean, yeah, uh, Tolkien's son, uh, Chris. Christopher. Uh, yeah, I, mean, he, I think he was the one that compiled the Silmarillion, if I'm not mistaken. I think Lost Road and all those are uh, are all his works. I could be mistaken on that, but no, uh, no, he did comp- uh, he did compile the uh, the Silmarillion. And another interesting thing, like the Children of Hurin and all of that. Yes, yep, he, yep, yep, yep. He yep, actually yep. had went through the notes and and did the editing on. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty. Shout out to him, man. Definitely. Because those those books, though, they're, they're, though, they are laborious. They are worth the read. I think so. very much. I, I I definitely believe so. That's probably the the stories in the Silmarillion and the Children of Hurin are probably my two favorite Tolkien. Yeah, and Baron Luthien is like. At the very top, like that's like one of the best similar. Like that Silmarillion story, one of the best ever. It's so. it's, it's him though. It's it's talking I mean, himself. Yep, yep. Is yep that's that, why pure. Definitely. You know. What is something you've always wanted to do but not coordinated for? <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because uh, I actually did do something that I shouldn't do. Um, <laughs> I 
I played, I am a chef by trade. I'm a beer drinker. So I got a gut on me and I played soccer. Well, you know, I just turned 30 earlier this year and I, I played soccer up until August, this past August. And, uh, it, dude, I probably should have given that shit up probably six or seven years ago. Cause, uh, I broke my ankle on the, on the, on the field and I like fucked the ankle up too. It was oh, like, shit. it was not just a, it was not just a break. So like I, I, it was probably that's, so to answer your question, I've done it, but I probably should have quit a little bit before, uh, <laughs> before I, uh, quit while I was ahead. As a right, right. What is the worst album by your favorite band? Whew. Oh, I love this question. Um, no, because I, you know, the funny thing is, is I love bitching about bad albums. <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, I don't get off anywhere for it, and I shouldn't do it, but like, it's just a guilty pleasure. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, I I have so many fucking favorite bands and so many mediocre albums. I could go with some of the Sabbath releases in the eighties. I could go with oh, shit. that's I could surprising. Go with, well, no, no, no. So hold on. Let me let, like. I just don't. I'm not. I love Headless Cross. I love Tear. They're two. Like they don't get enough credit. They're fucking some of the best heavy metal albums of the eighties. Um, I just think like I don't love. What's the Deep, Deep Purple's uh, singer's name? They sang on the one I'm, I'm blanking on it now. But uh, Ian like, Gillen. Is, is that the Born Again album? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. I'm I'm not super. I'm not super. I'm not super hot on that. One. Don't I don't love that one. He's just got a little bit too much of a Yarl Yarly voice for me. But uh, it, that's not to say that Black Sabbath is pretty much my favorite fucking band of all time. So I can't I can't sit here and talk shit on it. But um, you know, I think I think every every band once you push you know later into the later into the music career sometimes have a swing and a miss you know i think some uh actually you know what? i have a great answer for you here we go i just it just popped in my head the morbid angel album that they went techno disco weirdness on and i'm i'm blanking on the album name now oh but um it came out in like 2009 and uh it's it's like weird electro and like you like hear altars of madness and then you go to that and you're like what the f- what you what the what were they thinking sorry morbid angel guys i you know <laughs> if, I, I, if I love any you. of them listen if yeah, if any of them listen, the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but like i don't that was just like i was like what happened there was also some you know some battery is also one of my favorite bands ever and i think some of those battery mid mid-era albums are not the best um like the one that sounds like new metal for some reason i don't know where that came from i don't know what Corthon was doing then but he decided to go for it and you know sometimes you got to go for it doesn't always work out Definitely. You know, interesting factoid about uh, Morbid Angel. You know, they're an alphabetic uh, release band. Yeah, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> a lot of imagine, people... Imagine having the attention to detail for that for 20 fucking years. <laughs> right, like because you've got Altars of Madness, Blessed are the Sick, Covenant. Yep, yep. Uh, and I believe the album you're talking about is um, Ilya Divinum. Uh, yes, that's Sanus. it. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's the one. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, oh, 2011. Okay, okay. I, I knew it was like somewhere in that span of time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, um, but you did kind of hit a hit a nerve with me a minute ago when you mentioned Black Sabbath. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's actually with the record label IRS Recordings. Sure. They have not given permission to re-release those four albums. Is that why? Yeah, because they're not on Spotify. I nope. can't. I, I have a I have a tape and vinyl of Headless Headless Cross and Tear both. And I can't find them anywhere. I'll buy like, them from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, the the uh, the headless cross was. I, I'm pretty sure it was my dad's, and uh, like somehow found its way to me over the years. And Definitely. I didn't even realize that I had it for a long time. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh shit, I have this." Okay, cool. And I was like, "Oh, let me just go check Discog, see what I can get for that." And I was yeah, like, it's like "Oh, a, it's like hundreds of dollars." 
Oh yeah, no, it's it's no joke. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, all right, I'm just gonna hang on to this, which is cool. Yeah, I I have a bootleg version of Forbid, which was the ninety, oh, very cool. which is the ninety five album. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it sounds so good, and because it's on vinyl, and yep, yeah, it's a such a I love that era, you know, with the Tony oh, Martin it's, it's vocals fantastic. It's, and stuff. It's so good, man. It's so good, and it, it, I, I just think like I don't hear people talk about it enough because it could basically, I mean, besides Iommi like doing his thing, like it could basically be in a, like a whole other band, you know. Oh yeah. And I think it gets swept under the swept under the carpet a lot because you know of like Heaven and Hell and you know all the Ozzy stuff, obviously, and you know like uh, Mob Rules, and I think people forget about it. But it's just like, dude, you guys realize this shit fucking slaps everyone. Like, oh yeah, very much. It's kind of like that thing of when you had Sabbath in the seventies and how you watch their progression change from like the first five albums. Yep, so, yep. And some people would say the first three, but I say I I include up to uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath in that. And, sure, yeah, and then yeah, you've got, you know, Sabotage, uh, Technical Ecstasy, and Never Say Die, which are completely different in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Once, yeah. They, once they did the Dio stuff, the Gillen and Tony Martin era stuff, yep. they're co- a completely different band again. Yep, yep absolutely. And if you've ever read Iron Man by Tony Iommi. I, I haven't, but um, it, I think actually you I think you were talking about it on one of your old, older oh, podcasts. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I seem to remember that. And I, I actually put that on my list, um, and I just haven't gotten there yet, but I will. It, sure. It's really, really cool. And yeah. it's like there's always been that rumor out there that Tony's always been the dick to Ozzy kind of thing, and this completely dispels any of that. Sure, which sure. Which is cool. What's the last thing you watched on YouTube? Hmm. Um, I don't go on YouTube super often. Honestly, it was probably an album. I, I usually, for like, perfect example would be like Headless Cross. If you want to listen to the internet, you basically have to go to YouTube. Right. But uh, I listen to a lot of um, really obscure '80s, like first wave Swedish heavy metal. That's like basically not available anywhere besides YouTube, unless you want to pay six hundred dollars for a fucking seven inch, you know, somewhere. Um, but I think. Most recently, a couple days ago, I was listening to a Swedish band from 1984 called Trickvog. I, I, I could totally be butchering that uh, that pronunciation, but it's like T R Y C K V Umlaut A G, and it it's fucking it's fucking phenomenal. It's it's like fucking fantasy heavy metal from 1984 Swedes like doing it real saw riffs and. It's just everything you want. I, I actually take a huge influence from, from that era of Swedish heavy metal for a lot of my riff writing. What do you invest too much time into? <sighs> the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it, it, just the NFL in general, man. I, I, uh, I eat that shit up, and uh, I lose so much free time in the autumn and winter because of it. So I, 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 I can't get enough of it, dude. My Sundays are... My Sundays are uh, booked solid. I tell about people not to call me. Yeah, I, I, regular week, I'm crunching stats and shit. I can't get enough of it. I love it. So Modern day barbarianism, man. So are you a uh, a fantasy football player too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep, nice. yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Which you know, and I actually had kind of retired this one question because nobody really uh, was like, "I'm a musician. I don't, I don't watch sports or anything." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a very rare breed, man. It doesn't happen very often. What is your most overrated uh, sports team? <laughs> fucking Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I knew it was either going to be Dallas or uh, New England. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, you know, the Patriots, man, like, you know, they, they did their thing for 20 years. I can't hate on them. They I like fuck them, obviously. But like, <laughs> I can't I can't like, 
you know, no, that's never going to happen in the NFL again. So they they have theirs. They suck now. So like, whatever, it's over. But the fucking Dallas Cowboys, I lose sleep over uh, at night over the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I understand. Right <laughs> in my head, dude. What is your favorite word? Sword. Did you say sword? Oh, sword. Sword. Oh, sword. Like, sword. like <laughs> as in like the sword. No. <laughs> no, you could do, you could do yeah, whatever. Yeah, any any of those fantasy words, man. Nazgul. Nazgul's a good one. You know, mm. there is a band from the Louisville, Kentucky area that has a song called Nazgul, and I'm like, this is awesome. It, it, yeah, shout we, out to uh, the guys had... in Cryptochem for that. Oh hell yeah, we uh, we uh, we have a song on the new album. It's uh, it's it's a non-canon Tolkien story. We we basically just uh, it's called the Morgul Blade, the song, and it's basically just about some other poor schlub who uh, isn't as fortunate as Frodo is after being stabbed by the Morgul Blade. And he actually uh, bites it and turns into one of the wraiths. So that's pretty cool, dude. That sounds so awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. That's a Jeb. That's a Jeb. That's a Jeb creation. He's, and, uh, and you have that as a demo if you purchase the EP yes. off of Bandcamp. Yep, yep, yep. That's the yep. That's that's that song. But uh, the the actual recording of it, uh, we've put a shitload of harmonies on, and it's it's that you know that one's way stripped down compared to the one that you're going to hear on the album. Nice. I, I, I'm so excited for the album. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Me too. Do you believe in the paranormal? Oh, 150 fucking percent. Yes, dude. I can't. I've had, I mean, do you have a fucking, do you have four more hours so I can, I can, I can tell you. <laughs> but yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. Um, I've been to out of, out of like the 10 most haunted places in the country. I've been to seven or eight of them and, you know, living in Philadelphia and as old as this town is, you know, we have, we have some pretty, pretty uh, spooky shit here ourselves, you know? Definitely. Uh, because it's such an old world town. It's old as shit, man. It's crazy. Like you don't realize it because a lot of it's pavement skyscrapers now. But you'll you'll walk down some some alleys and uh, you'll walk down some alleys and you'll just be like, holy shit! Like this is cobblestones. This is the same as it's been seventeen hundreds. Fucking badass. Definitely. You know, I, I guess like age is relative when you consider like the you know how old Europe is or how old, you know parts of Asia are and stuff. But but you know for a relatively young country, I think some parts of Philly have really been pretty nicely um but as well, i've also been to like I, I just uh over the summer i took a quick trip down to savannah georgia for a couple days um first time i'd ever been there and that that city's literally preserved from the civil war and like it's considered like the most haunted city in in america basically so we just did like shitload of ghost and stuff for a couple days going to some really really spooky locales hell yeah that's awesome. When I was on vacation earlier this year as well, uh, Colonial Williamsburg. Oh, yeah, I've been there. It's great. Yeah, and it's, you know, the preservation. A lot of the people live in those houses now, and some of them are private residents, but, like, the they've been left intact. Pennsylvania does this thing where if you buy a historic home that's on the market and you move into it, uh, the historical society of that county will pay you to live there or pay part of your mortgage, whatever, to live there and uh, – just not make any changes to it, really? which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty That's cool. That's awesome. That's kind of like the uh, the NF uh, P or NFD up in like Alaska, I guess, where it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, all it's about. It's the, about like the preserving the integrity of a situation or whatever. Definitely. That's that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, uh, I live I live in a town called Ardmore right now, but our uh, me and my girlfriend's next move is probably going to be out into Chester County, which is like you know a bordering Philadelphia County, but it's like all farmland and stuff, and all the houses are old as shit and badass and fucking probably haunted, and I love it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. What food can you not stand? 
Oh man. Um, well, I'm a chef, so I'm like, I am not the pickiest eater in the world, but, uh, I really fucking hate celery, dude. I really hate celery. <laughs> I know that's such a weird random thing, but it like, I like my girlfriend loves it. And like, if, if, if she's a vegetarian and like, if I order a plate of wings or whatever, you know, it usually comes with carrots, celery, blue cheese or whatever. And she'll take the celery off my plate and like chew it in front of me. And it like gives me goosebumps. Like, uh-huh. That's how much I hate it. It's like, it, it like, it, it makes me nauseous. I, I'm not a fan of celery at all. It's uh, stringy water. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's it's all yeah, and and like it's literally like a nails on the chalkboard thing to me. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it came from, but it's been, I've been like that since I was a little kid. Definitely. All right, so I've got a few more questions, but let's take a quick break and come back to those. Hey, everybody! Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Dion and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. What's your favorite color? Black. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, I mean, I really like, I actually like really like color combinations. I like uh, very vastly vastly contrasting colors like shoved together like purple and orange shoved together next to each other or, you right know on. green like I, I i'm i'm weird like that um but definitely black i mean my whole wardrobe is black and and uh well, yeah like a metal band of course yeah yeah, yeah. it's not the first time you heard that on this podcast i'm sure my friend but uh, uh you know it's 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 cool it, it, it's it i have some white t-shirts too thrown in there you know <laughs> definitely uh i Coolest answer I think I got on that was a uh, light black. Yeah, which is like a yeah. like a charcoal gray. Yep, yeah, charcoal charcoal is really cool. Definitely. I'm actually wearing charcoal jeans right now, so I don't know if you can see through the phone, but <laughs> nice. Uh, as am I. <laughs> nice, very nice, very nice. Jean Brothers, definitely. Uh, who do you wish you never saw alive? Oh man, um, damn, what band has just been awful? Um, um. This is this is going back a couple years, but uh, I I used to work for a brewery um, called Tired Hands Brewing Company, um, and they're they're pretty big and they do like the heavy metal brewery type thing, which is cool. And I was around the kitchen there for a little while, and um, I had to cook. They had an anniversary show, which they sold out. They sold out a venue called the Union Transfer in Philly, and it's like it's a really nice venue. It's like it's a mid sized venue, probably about a thousand people or so. But they had uh, Baroness, Paul Bear, and nothing coming in play. Baroness, like, I, sorry if John Dyer Mays was listening to this, but they sounded really, really bad that night. Um, and I was like, I I really love their first two albums. Um, and they played most of the songs from that. And it was like, I don't know if the mix was off or whatever, or if it was just a bad night, but it was, it was rough. <laughs> it was fucking rough. But you, but that's not like a thing where you would never go see them again. No, I'd probably give them another chance. I don't love their new music as much as their old stuff, but, uh, if they were doing like an older, an older tour, I would definitely go see them for sure. Understandable. For sure. Uh, oh, you know, another one, another one is, I'm sorry. I saw, uh, there's a venue at the top of my street where I live called the Ardmore Music Hall and it's 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 a smaller venue and you get like you get like some like 
you know, mid-level names coming through there. Like I saw Ingve there one time, and uh, Uli John Roth and the Scorpions came oh, and played, yeah. did, did a guitar set there. And he was, I don't, that might just be the venue's fault, but that was also like a very disappointing experience. Uh, see, and that's, it's, it's people like that, that like you, you would want to sit there and be like, wow. This is so yeah, weird. no, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yep. And then all of yep. a sudden it's just like, what? Yeah. And, and I mean, and you know, I actually saw like some of these older bands that I've seen, like they still got it, man. Like I saw, I saw Maiden when they came through Philly a couple of years ago and I was like blown the fuck away. I couldn't believe that was the first time I'd ever seen them. Can't be and, touched. Uh, dude, I, dude, they're in there. They're like, they're, they're getting up there in years and they, dude, the energy and everything, they were fucking incredible. When I saw Judas, I saw Judas Priest when they came through Philly a couple, like a year or two ago, that they were fucking incredible. Rob, Rob still got it. He still kills it, man. Like, it's cool. It's really refreshing to see these old dudes just grinding it out and getting it done, you know? Definitely. Uh, first time I ever got to see Maiden was back in 2014. Sick, yeah. And yeah. it was uh, Maiden and Megan. Was that, was that Book Book of Souls? Is that... No, it was uh, Maiden in England's uh, anniversary show. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, and sure. And it was them and Megadeth. I was never really a huge Maiden fan before. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I was told, it's like, yeah, you might not like listening to them on album. Just watch them. Go see them. Yeah, And yeah. they were a band that completely converted my, my vision of them to like holy shit yeah yeah now i'm like blowing. now i'm mind a huge blowing. maiden fanatic 30 years after the fact of, of course i'd argue i'd argue life-changing you know what i mean like it's like it's that it's like that level you know i can't it, imagine it definitely you know, like, is 84 you know i couldn't really imagine but like you know well when number of the beast came out or seventh son came out because yeah i mean seventh son's my favorite that's my favorite album oh my gosh then. they opened that that the first time i saw them they opened the show with moonchild Oh, and, dude, that's yeah, yep. And it's just so killer, you know, just to yep, just to be able just to see, see that, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I know what you mean. Super, Trust me. super awesome. But you also mentioned, you know, uh, priest, which I was going to that back in September before they uh, shut before, everything down. Yeah, yeah, before the world uh, burned down. Yep, yep. Uh, what's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> uh. Uh, well, my old band, uh, me and Dan, the bassist slash like Christopher Lee as vocals and Morgul Blade, um, we played in a doom metal band before we were in Morgul Blade, before we started this called Mota. And it was like, just like a stoner doom band. And it, it was fun for what it was. Played a couple local shows, did a small, small tour. Um, but we played a show in Kingston, New York. And I went to, there's a brewery right down the street from it. It's like one of the best breweries in the country. And, uh, I'm fucking, I'm a huge beer. Like, I just love beer. Um, I love the, the act of beer. Everything about beer is great. And of course I hit that place up, but I hit it up a little too hard. And I got like pretty shwasty, but it's one of those like one of those drunks where you were like, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then all of a sudden you get on stage and you're like, Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> and like you're looking out at a crowd of people and you're just like, Oh, this is this is gonna be something else. And then uh yeah, and then we played a set and uh, it, oddly enough it was recorded for YouTube and I went back and watched it later and I like turned it off two minutes through because I was like, There's like cause I thought it was bad, but I had no idea that it was that fucking bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, but we've all had one of those, right? We all get oh, the mulligan. Definitely. I I think it was uh the being at the bar right after I turned twenty one and playing the show and they were like, You can't drink at shows anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and ironically yes. enough, I, I took that to heart. The only shows I drink at anymore are album releases of my own. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I get tend, it. I tend to, 
I tend to err now since then I've tend to err on the side of sobriety for, for live stuff. Um, you know, a couple beers here and there, maybe oh, a yeah. joint or something, but you know, it, nothing, nothing to where I was like rock star. And when I was younger, I can't do that. Oh, shit definitely. I get it. Um, before we ask the last question, how do people get a hold of you to purchase the EP to say, Hey, keep up the good fucking work. Looking forward to it. And possible um, pre-orders for the new album. Yeah, so uh, that's all going to be on the pre-orders and stuff. That's all going to be on the Bandcamp when, it, when it's ready to go. Uh, I respond to Bandcamp. I respond mostly to the Instagram, uh, as I'm sure you can attest to. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I handle I handle most PR stuff within the band. So the Facebook's cool, too. I don't see that as often. Instagram's definitely the best. Um, or just uh, scream my name really loud from wherever you are in the world, and maybe I'll answer. Right on. And we'll have links down below in the uh, description for that stuff. Yep. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give? Oh, man. Uh, sure. Uh, well, I want to shout-out everybody else in the band that's in the uh, basement right now. Uh, hey, guys. Appreciate you. Um, and then... Uh, Will for uh, recording our album. He's been more than patient with us. Redwater recording. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. I'm going to shout out my mom because she said she was going to listen to this when it comes out. So hi, mom. Hope you're uh, in your chair at home and uh, chilling. And uh, I think that's it. Hi, Rich's mom. I want to shout you out, too. Thank you for yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Awesome. So last question. What album changed your life? Can I get that as a two-part? Absolutely. I have two. One's a more recent one. One's uh, an old school one. I'll start with the old school one. Uh, Battery Hammerheart. Um, I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to that album in my life. I I grew up a Zeppelin dude, a Sabbath dude, you know, like pretty pretty run of the mill, like hard rock, you know, proto heavy metal. Never really decided to scratch the surface of the of the of the big boys, you know. Mm-hmm. And I heard Battery Hammerheart when I was like. 18 or 19 and i was like holy shit what is this because i didn't know like stuff could be like i didn't know things like that existed you know what i mean and all of a sudden it opened up this whole world for me and then as far as another one goes there's a band from slovenia called malocarpitan they i don't i can't begin to tell you what that means but they are a dude they're kind of all over the place but they're they got some black metal going on they have uh, a lot of like maiden-esque riffs they have weird uh battery parts they they really are doing their own thing and they just released an album in march called kuprinsky own which translates to english as the fires of kupina it's, it's about witchcraft in the 1600s in this town of kupina in in you know eastern europe and um it, the, the the world building and shit that goes into it is fucking unreal like i have it on vinyl and he, the dude sent like it's like it comes with like this little novella and he translated it to english and there's like woodcuts that come with it of like old witchcraft like dude it's it's just it's an experience the whole thing's a fucking experience and that's kind of where I, I i saw that and i was like like, this is the direction I want to take Morgul Blade in. I really want to make it, you know, an all uh, an all all ears eyes experience. You know, definitely. And there's so many more people doing that now that it's not just enough to listen to music. You have to intake experience everything. It. It, yep. Yeah, and it's an it's a a sensory experience. Yep, yep, and that's exactly what I'm trying to accomplish. And I, and I think that spawns from a distaste for the digital age. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reject, reject modernity or whatever. Right. I can't say the word, but modernness. <laughs> yeah. Because I think what it is is like when I grew up, you know, we, you know, we didn't really have record jackets to look at. We had, yep. you know, we had CDs and and cassette tapes for the for my childhood because records had already went away at that point. You know, sure. through through the late eighties and early nineties and stuff. But I mean, you had your your parents' collection. Yeah. Yep. So it was. It's like this return to the record jacket. You know, then you get these deluxe box sets that are coming out, like the Ace of Spades box set, where it's yep, got yep. like this big wooden box and stuff. That's so cool. To yeah, like, so over the top and awesome. And anything that you can do to to further that for somebody else, being an artist, is so fucking yeah, cool. Exactly. Definitely. I agree. Rich, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. I really appreciate you. you guys. I'm looking forward to the new album, uh, hopefully. And I'm going to keep people posted on when that comes out because, fuck, man, it's, oh, my gosh. I, I, heard <laughs> you, I, I fall down the rabbit hole quite a bit on Bandcamp because, sure. yep, because yep. that's what I do, you know. And yep, yep. I see, like, the suggested artists or I'll get on to, you know, the metal archives and I'll just sit there and say, well, who was added this week or give me a random band oh it's i mean it's a great way to figure out stuff you know oh absolutely and i think that's where i got you all was a random band on the metal archives listen to it and i was like holy shit this is awesome <laughs> thank you so, appreciate that. so thank you again for coming on and speaking of that awesome shit this is going to be the five right out at dawn thank you take it easy
Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarist and bassist alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. Uh, I really fucking hate celery, dude. 